Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, as well as Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. Hello friends and listeners, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. My name is Shelly Ann Harris. Today I have the pleasure of connecting with the Deputy CEO of Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Mr. Garth Hinchcliffe, to learn more about how his company is providing timely service, support and education during the COVID-19 pandemic. Stick around, it promises to be an informative and inspiring conversation. Garth Hinchcliffe, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Hello, hi, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Let's get straight into it. I'm going to ask you first to describe for our listeners the vision and purpose of Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. All right, great. Thanks again for having us and for um, the opportunity too. And uh, thank you for your visitors, for your um, your guests to be interested in Manpower. All right, so Manpower started off basically years ago as a janitorial uh, service in the hospital, so based and steeped in the healthcare side of the business, and then we branched out into other services, and we now do about 22 or 23 different services, and so on. So our vision, one, is to provide service, maintenance, supplies, and education um, for businesses in the different industries, different economic zones, and so forth, as well as for personal care and homes. So our vision was to basically grow the company around that with an education uh, side of it, as well as a charitable side of the business where we can donate and give back to Jamaica that has given us so much. Before we get into the education and the charitable sides of it, how long have you now been in business? Manpo is 30 years. We're going to be 30 years uh, next year. 30? Uh, three decades? Yes, three decades. Wow, that's quite a long time. I didn't realize it was so long. I know. We're one of Jamaica's best kept secrets. <laughs> I'm, I think we're, we're beginning to... Everybody knows the secret now, so... Yeah. Wow, secret's out. Right, it's out. So we're now in a protracted pandemic and, you know, it requires sanitization and cleanliness and, you know, that's a key part of how we try to stay safe. Uh, how has Manpower been able to help companies and, I guess, hospitals and the healthcare sector stay safe? Well, from the beginning of this uh, pandemic in 2020, in February, we had a seminar mm-hmm. to alert and make aware our clients, and it was open to the public. We even had a podcast, sorry, a broadcast, outside broadcast that was done, okay. as well to educate people on what was coming. We went out and ramped up our information services, whether it be by um, you know, meetings with Zoom with the clients to let them know uh, some people were a lot more vulnerable because they're more open to public um, spaces such as our banking, our hospitals, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So with uh, what we learned in terms of training and so forth and picking up from, you know, the other countries that were having uh, difficulties with the pandemic, such as China, you know, Italy, the United States, Europe, and so on, we learned and put some of those practices in place. And we were one of the first persons, I would believe, that wrote policies for how we manage our own buildings that we service and we have about over 300 locations that we service for our clients and mm-hmm. our, even our own businesses and so forth and family homes.
homes. So we use those best practices and try to educate and have that available for our clients, as well as the first world um, supplies. So you can well imagine when this thing broke mm-hmm. in March, literally everybody around the world started to shut down. We had the foresight uh, through Mrs. Hinchdip and her healthcare background to start to stock up on things like masks, medical masks, cloth masks. Yes. We handed out our staff um, three or four masks each, and we replenished them with their when they're when they're, uh, when they're you know no longer of any use. Mm-hmm. We're now switching to medical masks, which is now the best practice out there. So we're doing that as well, and so on. So hand sanitizers, dispensers, the electrostatic machines and so forth. We brought those in for ourselves. And then other people started to ask us for things like, of course, the electrostatic machines being the sprayers and so forth that we use for sanitizing of locations, um, the alcohols and so on, as well as, again, mentioned the education system. Because what we did was to put in, for example, a healthcare person. We have a nurse stationed at our front entrance mm. that not just does temperature and so forth, but yet background checks. You know, you go to some place mm-hmm. and then just take the temperature, spray something in your hand and go and so and forth. So we will, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. That's a first step. But we go a little bit deeper because of what we know and what we understand. So we try and give our staff as much as the support you can because some of them have caught COVID but lost uh, one or two people as everybody has and we try and provide support for our staff mm. when we can and their families. So it's a holistic program that we try and do. So not just to say here is a mask, here's a sanitizer, but here's the education that's coming down the line. One of the newest ones was all right, cloth masks are not necessarily the best, let's move to medical masks. So luckily we had brought in um, some N95 masks and the medical masks from overseas and have them in our warehouse for sale, as well as for distribution to our staff and family members. That sounds awesome. And, you know, I want you to talk to the man on the street a little bit because you're describing quite a, a lot of capacity as it relates to education and your learning and your insight from the beginning, from the get-go. What would you say to the average man on the street? I mean, you know, there are a lot of... um anecdotes but then there there's also evidence of people just floating the protocols you know um from where you sit what what would you say to the man on the street um and to companies as well at this time with all of what you've learned well let me tell you something up to right friday morning we had dr andrea bailey from university of west indies public health department in our offices educating our staff about COVID, the beginning of COVID. People think COVID started with COVID-19. Mm. No, it did not. It started with SARS and MERS and other COVIDs that are out there down to the common cold can be called COVID. A lot of people have been getting information from all different spheres, whether it be, you know, social media, um, hearing things that people are putting out there in the newspapers and so forth. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. Mm-hmm. Everybody's entitled to their own education. Not everybody's going to absorb all of it because it does become overwhelming. Yeah. What I do believe is believe I believe in the science. We've been educating our staff to get the vaccine right now. I think we're probably about maybe 
50% of our staff there. You still have some people, I don't want to call them anti-vaxxers. I really mm-hmm. hate that term. Mm-hmm. I like to think of the situation where people are, some, you have a lot of people in the world say, people say they're anti-vaxxers. No, they're not anti-vaxxers. A lot of people are waiting and seeing. People have trust. There's a lot of information out there about vaccinations and a race of black people. So that creates a lot of trust yeah. in, one, in one, one hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And then you have, of course, again, the misinformation that people are out there doing. And I would tell you some of the international politicians, and I don't think we need to name names, mm-hmm. but have also put some misinformation out there. But what people haven't realized that they have taken the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So get yourself educated. I'm not going to tell you go and get vaccinated. I would love that we all get vaccinated. The rest of the world now is putting down protocols to say, hey, by the end of October, beginning of October 1st, in some countries or the end of October or uh, November, you have to be vaccinated. Businesses are saying because of protection and the lawsuits that are now coming down the line in terms of class action lawsuits. I think the first one I heard about is in Germany. Mm-hmm. where a ski resort is being sued by a family who lost two members. No, I'm not saying everybody must get up and sue because the proof now is a difficult thing, particularly in the court system and so forth. They're being sued for, they're suing for what? Explain they're, suing, they're suing because they, the family got COVID uh, at, the, at the location. Okay, now, okay. you can well imagine, you know, is this a situation where the location didn't generate COVID. They didn't make COVID in the kitchen and gave it to people. Mm-hmm. People would have had to bring it to the location as other guests would have visited. They would have brought it. This thing is called a pandemic. It is one of the worst things that the world has ever seen. We've seen worse. If people go back into history and look at some of the other flus and plagues and so forth. You know, a Spanish flu. Everybody, you know, complied. We now have a lot of information flying. People are saying, hey, I want to wait for the Cuban vaccine. I want to wait for the Johnson & Johnson. I want to wait for AstraZeneca, the Pfizer. People have different choices. Mm-hmm. But I do strongly believe in getting back to normal. If you don't want to take the vaccine, please make sure that you're sanitized, you're social distant, and remember, you are now leaving yourself and your family at risk. I'm not going to say that the vaccine prevents you from getting COVID, but the body blow and the death that we have been seeing the numbers are not lying. I don't think any government would lie to tell you that 98% of the populace who have gotten COVID and died were not vaccinated. I don't think there's any scheme out there. People are blaming everybody about, you know, the information and the government. And do yourself a favor, do yourself and your family a favor. Get educated. And then I would say to you, once you do that, choose a vaccine for you. A lot of people are saying that vaccines are for people, are not for people who are pregnant, people who have um, underlying illnesses. It is exactly the reverse. It is for those people, people who are healthy and so forth, will get COVID, will get the body blow, but they will not know how all of the other side effects of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people are not talking about. So when you talk about the side effects now having COVID, a lot of people are not realizing that people are now having lung issues, they're now having heart issues, they're now having psychosocial issues, psychological issues, because COVID after is like Zika and Shikvi. I still have aches and pains from those. Mm-hmm. And we're now talking something that is worse than them. And we're talking that was two years ago 
with Zika and Shikvi. Imagine the COVID now that's affecting your heart, affecting your lungs and so forth, and now proving to be affecting your brain and so forth. I want to drop one more thing in there for men. We are here, I've heard the story that, oh, it affects your, your, your love life and so forth. Mm. Foolishness. Utter, utter foolishness. Again, when people are talking and talking in some areas and so forth, please do the research. Ask other people who have gotten the vaccine. There is reactions to it because your body has to build up. There is reactions to it, raising temperature. You're going to feel like you have the flu. That's because your body's fighting it. But it does not have those adverse effects that I'm hearing people talking about. And you know, Jamaican men love to develop, sorry, love to defend their whole, you know, their sexual sexual course, aspect yes. and their prominence mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this program to turn into that. <laughs> but gentlemen, please just note, nothing not go so. Well, you know, Gareth, you sound very passionate about the education component of, um, well, health, hygiene, sanitization, and, and it's relevant now in the COVID-19 um, pandemic. So I want you to go that into that direction for me now to tell me about some of the training and the, the charitable initiatives that are designed to give back to Jamaica that Manpower is now okay. um, doing in the community. Excellent, and I, and I love the opportunity to talk about the charity. That's something that's near, to, near and dear to my family. And of course, our chairman, everybody knows Mrs. Hinchcliffe and so on. Mm-hmm. But what they don't know is that she's a lovely country girl that <laughs> comes out of the hills of Trelawney. So okay. one of the first initiatives we did was to go down to her school uh, in that uh, little place called Bohemia that we went and we donated about 20 tablets and laptops because, you know, the whole stay-at-home situation for the children, those are the ones that are getting hit. I have an 18, soon-to-be 19-year-old son, Matthew, and his biggest complaint is that he's up, he's ready to you tech, he's the second year, and he's like, Daddy, I'm losing all of the college stuff that you told me. So what we're trying to do, exactly, and the socializing, because Mm -hmm. I still have friends from college days that I'm, you know, my brothers and sisters and so forth, he's missing out on that. So he meets all of the Uncle Eddies, the uncle, the uncles and so forth, but he's not getting the opportunity to develop that. As well as not many people are adjusting to the education by laptop or by phone and so forth. So what we have been trying to do is to, one, give out as best as we can laptops in places that are, are needed. Mm-hmm. The same thing goes for we've been donating masks to, I wouldn't even want to tell you some of the places that we've been donating masks and hand sanitizers to and alcohol in other training institutions, some medical and some just, you know, outright um, uh, on the ground in terms of public health and so forth. Mm-hmm. I had to ask um, Dr. Bailey the other day, why is the public health department that is one of the most experienced in providing educational material and here's a problem that she she outlines for me we have so many different ways of educating our people so right now word of mouth is one social media everybody has a phone now we're texting we're using the radio we're using the newspaper so it's difficult so what we have tried to do was to put and we're now looking at rebuilding our manpower websites and we have a couple of them because of the different businesses that we have mm-hmm. um including the charity, to put the educational information on the websites. And we do, every now and then, we'll do uh, a podcast or something like that along the educational line. So we are now gearing up 
again, to get into podcasts such as this now to educate people as we get the information from CDC, um, World Health, etc. We put it up and out there for our people. We've also developed a program where we train uh, businesses for their frontline workers and so forth in terms of what they do. We also have the healthcare practitioners that we also train. And in terms of equipment and supplies, outline what you can use for yourself and so forth, as well as the education program that when you do have a COVID case, what is it that you do? So a lot of people say, we need to sanitize the whole building and so forth. You may need to, depending on the movement of the person, but please note, sanitizing your whole building and your whole house and so forth, depending again, is very expensive. Mm -hmm. I would tell you it is almost obscene the amount of phone calls we have gotten in terms of people asking and people asking for services. And we have had to spend the time to do the tracing along with public health Again, I bring it up, please make your first call to a public health official to find out what it is that you need to do, and then you will have them or they will call us, and then we'll do it the other way. What is happening is that we and we, we, we don't mind the phone calls, mm-hmm. but we suggest that people call public health, your officers, and so forth. And I know it may be difficult in certain times and so forth, but the recommendation is that you do do that. Call your doctor, call your nurse, and, and so forth, mm-hmm. and get up get a proper assessment of your particular situation. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's situation is the same. Right. So that is that is the case. I mean, COVID has hit everybody closely um, in in more ways than one. Whether it be you know your business, your your your, your workplace, your family, your friends, uh, your social settings, and so forth. And then one one of the things I want to emphasize that we look at is the whole psychosocial aspect of it. Find something to do during the down times. I mean, my Mrs. Inchkiff, my, my chairman and my boss and my mother, you know, <laughs> she's, she's never baked the amount of uh, items that she's baked over, over the last umpteen years of her life. I mean, the amount of baking she's now doing oh, in terms of her gained, hobby. I hope you haven't gained a lot of weight in the process. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. We call it from COVID-19, we call it 20. Because all of us in the office where she sends her big goods to, we're all gaining weight. Oh so we goodness. now have to move into, you know, how do we know exercise right. and so forth. So right, right, right. that is a major part of it. There's a lot of social aspects that are going on mm-hmm. with COVID that we're not really talking about. It's now coming out in the forefront. You know, you need to look at it in your children, in your family, how we react to each other in terms of responses, how we react to each other in terms of work and so forth, you know. Get some help. Do some reading about that side of it as, as well. So we do educate our staff. We do bringing counselors to talk to our staff at least once a month, not just our own internal people, but in terms of having, you know, the discussions and putting it out there in terms of whether the emails and information that we pick up, we share amongst each other and so forth. And then we make sure we keep a tight family community. We check up on each other. We provide support. As I mentioned, we've lost um, team members. I lost one of my, one of my, my I would call her my sister, Corrine Jones, was a director in the organization. We had to provide support for each other. We had to provide support for her family, and it's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can tell you from the ground up, it hit COVID, hit us hard in the mm-hmm. office uh, in the beginning because of where we were going and so forth. And, of course, to get the defenses up pretty quickly. So we learned from that experience, 
And I would say Knockwood, we've been doing pretty well in terms of protecting our staff, but this is something that you never know. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to educate yourself, not just me telling you or you having these programs, which is a blessing and a boon to Jamaica, I will share with you for you to take the time and do it, because a lot of people don't realize the work it takes to put something like this together, to educate people and to inform, whether they're using uh, forums such as this in terms of people like myself mm-hmm. or this information that you're, get, you're getting to share with people out there on a daily basis. And there's a lot of information. We look yeah. forward to providing more programs. As I said, mm-hmm. uh, we probably have some discussions that you can help us in terms of putting some of the educational podcasts out there because that's now where we're going. Um, and so forth. And I will tell you, the HR departments of entities, Mrs. Hinchcliffe just came off one that was Caribbean-wide, had a thousand HR practitioners on it, and so forth. And people are looking for information. Yes, they are. You know, and trying to stay ahead of the curve. I think that's the main point that you're making when you talk about education in terms of the formal way that you're offering training to to, to folks uh, across Jamaica. There, there's that aspect and there's just personal responsibility in terms of educating yourself and making sure you have the right information. So it's a very broad um, ask in terms of the education aspect that I think you're communicating. Yeah, so we, we try and, and see where we can help in terms of pointed situations as well. People will call us and ask us to design programs which you've done for specific businesses, specific areas. And of course, because Manpower is in quite a different, um, or diverse, I should say, areas of Jamaica, mm-hmm. from tourism to healthcare, transportation, both land, sea, and ground, you know, uh, businesses, corporate banking. And of course, one of the key areas is the family and the family home. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we're gonna sound like a commercial break now. <laughs> but we, la- we launched our distribution center in May for just that, to help families with supplies and equipment and so forth. We bring them in bulk so we see a better pricing nice. um, than what is, is, you know, is out there because a lot of this cost money. Hand sanitizers is not cheap. You're talking about masks, that you're always having to have a mask and so forth. People would have about four or five cloth masks in their cars and they'd be washing and rotating them. Yeah. Well, yeah. guess what? We don't have to move to the disposable mask, and if you like, maybe use it once or twice. The string breaks, and you have to throw it away and you know, go on into another one. Mm. So, you know, you're talking about educating yourself to hear that we can no longer use those cloth masks, or we should not. Uh, but if that's what you have, please, you let you use it, then you don't use it, and so forth. But there's a whole bunch of materials that we can provide and uh, or, or point people to and so forth. How do families actually reach out to you or is it that you distribute to others and families can access your products and services? Well, we are open for business 24 hours a day. I mean, okay. I can give you a phone number, 9204721. Um, and that is our office number and it, it rings on about 10 different lines. As I say, it hunts and so forth. So, you know, we, we ask people to call us because, for example, uh, not all masks fit everybody. And we have associations and distributors that have masks Mm -hmm. that will fit or we can point you to. If we don't have it, we can point you to somebody. So it's not about, say, the business is only for manpower. We pull from different people Mm -hmm. to satisfy the needs of our clients 
and our customers when the time arises. So let me ask you then to repeat that number and also if you have a web address that, because you know, people can access it at any time. So give me the yes, number our, again first. And our then phone, you can our phone number is 876-920-4721 and it goes up to one to five. And then our website is manpowerja.com. And that's, we're working on that now. Um, getting, uh, as we said, getting ourselves aligned more to provide a lot more information out there on the different businesses from not just the charity side of it, which I know once I mentioned charity, I get a tremendous amount of phone calls. It's not everybody we can donate to because we have to, you know, let the business generate some money that we take some right. to buy the, the laptops and so forth. Right, so right. people will call you and say, oh, we're desperate. So we can we help but we can't do a mask and so forth. And and to let you know, the government of Jamaica has put through the Ministry of Education programs all there where people can get laptops and can, you know, just like the vaccinations and so forth. So, you know, you go to the Ministry of Health website, I'm sure, and it will guide you to that. So it's not just Manpower, I'm here to share with you. Mm-hmm. Other entities and other companies have been doing yeoman's work in terms of providing information and uh, assets to people on the ground, not just their staff members, but through their charities as well. <clears throat> and we work with those um, with those entities as well. Awesome. And I think I, I want to end in that spirit of positive vibes uh, by asking you to share three cool things about Jamaica, because this is the same Jamaica that we're trying to get back to at some sense of normalcy. So I want to ask you to reflect on three cool things about Jamaica. Number one, your favorite spot and why. Number two, your favorite person and why. And finally, number three, your favorite food and why. All right. So let me tell you, my, my, my favorite thing about Jamaica is its people and our resilience. Yes. We've been through so much coming from the days of slavery to the different changes. And of course, the world is always changing. And my people, we have evolved and kept up and surpassed in certain areas. You go anywhere around the world and a Jamaican is there doing well. And I love that about our people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't know, we go out and we find out and so forth. So, you know, we have the good, the bad and the ugly, but that's what makes us Jamaican. That's what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. I had a discussion with some uh, some friends the other night and so forth. We're all over the world. And, you know, Jamaica is the, everybody beats a path to Jamaica because they love the uniqueness of the island. And it's our food, our fruits. And I, again, I go back to our people. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the locations and, and so forth that we have, even in, in our own little backyards and so forth that people make memories of. So, you know, I, uh, I, I love our people. Um, one of my favorite spots is a place called Lindsay's in mm-hmm what I call Duncan Strelawney. Okay. He's a very good friend of mine by the name of Mark Lindsay, who started a little restaurant in the back of his family's house for seafood, and it's one of the nicest secrets in Jamaica. That is so a secret forth. to me. I, I must check it out. It sounds lovely. Yes. Okay. It's in, you just go to Duncan Strelawney uh-huh. by the clock and just ask anybody for Lindsay's seafood, and it's a little bit outside of Duncan's and so forth. And let me tell you something, you go there and you will see the Jamaican people in their best in terms of food, in terms of taste, in terms of service. Mm. And I will tell you, once I take friends there and I go, I leave Kingston where I live and I go to Trelawney, I'm going to Montego Bay, I have to stop and bring back food for (laughs) literally half of Kingston who have been there 
and so forth because the food is that good. So, awesome. you know, from humble beginnings to it's a proper, proper restaurant now. And uh, I'm very proud of, of that particular location because I know it from when it was just, uh, I would it's say, so soft trees yeah. were in the, in the backyard and we, we, we cut them down. So I'm pretty much there every other weekend or at least once a month when I get a chance to go out of town. And it's um, my spot. Um, okay, so that's easiest thing for me. Yes, Lindsay's Seafood. Okay. Right? Now, one of my favorite persons, I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I don't have to say, tell you my mother. Everybody knows Mrs. Hinchcliffe. I but so. one of, you know, uh, when I tell people that not just grabbing the reins, my father died, my sister, myself, my sister Annette is a doctor in, in Atlanta. And my father died when we were 10. And my mother jumped in. She was a nurse in New York. We never missed a beat. We made, she made sure that we're all educated at the highest level. Mm. And she continued being father, mother, friend, um, you know, and support. For me now, I will tell you, I'm 50 blah, 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 years <laughs> old. And my sister is, I won't even mention because she'd probably kill me. Uh -huh. But in terms of the support and, and, and a strong Jamaican woman. That's awesome. And please know disciplinarian. My mother would just, I never got beatings. I would just get that Jamaican look. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I employ with my Never hit my son or I don't abuse him. It comes from my mother. It, beatings do nothing. It just gets, teaches children aggression. And I learned that from my parents mm -hmm. and so on. But my favorite person, because of who she is, she took up a little janitorial company, started at the back of her, of her car. I'm like a high, I'm like a Hyundai back in the day, 30 odd years ago. And as I said, started off her first contract with 12 people. We now at 3000. Do I need to say any more? No, that's awesome. That's spectacular. <laughs> that's spectacular. There's no, there's yeah. no question about the sincerity of that. That's beautiful. So, you know, but uh, again, I thank you for this opportunity. And I, and I hope uh, I've shared some things that some people can use. Yes, you have. And but you haven't told me your favorite food. And well, I guess it's Lindsay's. My favorite food is fry fish. Fried Easily fish. fry fish. <laughs> fry fish. I, you know, I, Auntie May and Auntie Merle and Hellshire. I, I, I discovered Hellshire when I was 16 years old coming home for the summers. We were educated overseas and came back home. Mm -hmm. And I've been in love with fried fish, you know. As we say in Jamaica, crispy, <laughs> you know, with the, with the escovish and so forth. Yes, so yeah. that's my favorite, one of my favorite foods. And hence why I love Lindsay so much. They make the best fried fish in Jamaica. Boy, Garth, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we are in a pandemic, but it's so good to reflect on the good things and what we're really trying to get back to, you know? Yes. So, so. And that is it. This, this too shall pass. And we have some education that's in it. Uh, you know, there's a statement that says, never let a good pandemic go by because it teaches us for the next one. Mm -hmm. We learned about Ebola. We learned about MERS. We learned about SARS. We put all the things in protection. And, you know, we were protected. Now, we learned from that. And that is where the vaccine, I'm going to go back to it, came from. It didn't just develop overnight. We learned and we were able to create the vaccine pretty quickly where vaccines don't take 16 years anymore. You know, I, I like to just leave this one statement. The car engine is over 100 years old. The first engine that was put in the car, we don't use that engine anymore. Mm -hmm. We now use uh, the 21st century engines. Why can't people believe that the first vaccines were like the first car engines and we're now putting the technology 
the 21st century in these vaccines and accept it. Mm. That's my last word with you. Quite an astute one. Uh, thank you, Mr. Garth Hinchcliffe from Manpower and Maintenance Services for being with us on Impacting Jamaica. All the best and uh, keep up the good work. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, as well as Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.